This is the Dr. Duke Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Duke Show. I am Dr. Duke, and I am joined today for our weekly get-together with Vicki McKenna. Vicki, good to see you. Great to see you, Duke. Well, are we surprised, Vicki, that if we're teaching, you and I have said this many times, we're teaching radical sex ed to kids now in middle elementary school, little kids now learning about oral sex, anal sex, all kinds of things. Are we surprised that in plain view, Texas, by the way, that's West Texas, right? This is not Austin, Texas. This is not Dallas. This is plain view, Texas, where a family claims uh, and we seem to have some evidence for this, that a six-year-old child, six, was, perfor- was forced to, per- to uh, uh, administer oral sex to another six-year-old. We're talking about kindergarten first graders here. And other six-year-olds filmed it on their iPads with the teacher in the classroom. Take a look at the opening video here. It's stunning. I feel like that's a basic right that we should send our kids to school to be safe. Heather Gonzalez, the cousin of one of those students, says the district failed in that regard, creating a dangerous situation for her young relative. She says her family only caught on after a change in the girl's behavior. And she's in distress. She's like, you know, my stomach hurts. I just want to lay down. You could tell something's wrong with her. And they said, well, what's going on? What happened? That's when the child told her cousin that a boy exposed himself to her in the lunch line at school. Unfortunately, that wasn't the most disturbing part of the six-year-old girl's story. The girl claimed a student, along with others, pulled her under a desk and forced her to perform a sex act during class more than a week before. The incident reportedly recorded by another student on a school iPad, the young girl doing her best to fight back. She said she was hitting him with the poetry book. When Gonzalez asked how long this went on for, the child's response... And she said, until they let me go. Gonzalez claims the district wasn't transparent with the family, even though they knew about the situation. Everything was no comment. I cannot tell you. No no comment. So you mean to tell me abuse has been happening for a week and a half and these kids are still at the same desk? My cousin is still at a desk with all boys. Um having to see her abuses every day. We spoke to the superintendent of Plainview ISD to ask about the district's response. He says when the content was found on a school device the day after the incident happened, a report was made and CPS was contacted. A state investigator then started working with local law enforcement and arrived in Plainview the next week. Wow, Vicki. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, one thing to, to point out before we really dive into this, Duke, is that superintendent um, had been a superintendent of another school a few years earlier where he had left, presumably the record did not fi- uh, follow him, where a teacher was sexually abusing students. And he um, allegedly uh, did not let anybody know about that. So this guy may have a habit of keeping parents out of the loop. But think about this. The school is saying child protection, you know, child privacy is why we're not giving parents of abused victims information that the abuse and the victimization happened in the first place. And I, I mean, that's number one. Parents aren't telling or, 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 or superintendents, administrators are not telling parents that their children are being essentially. I mean, this is this is a form of rape, not being told that your child has been the victim of a sexual assault. And the and the second thing is the teacher is at the front of the room while this is happening. I don't buy 
that that teacher did not know what was going on. I don't buy it. That teacher had to be stoned. That teacher had to be falling down drunk, sleeping on the job to not have been able to notice boys with a, doing something with a girl struggling under a desk. And then not telling parents, not admitting to the seizing the iPad so that nobody can actually have this as evidence. That's what they did. They seized the iPad so nobody could actually have this as evidence. Um, and, and, and essentially seating the girl in the exact same place she was before at the same table with her rapist. It's absolutely amazing. But you know what? It isn't the first time. This isn't the first time. I'm looking here at an article from 2017, a school in California where, where girls, in this case, were the ones victimizing boys, and nobody told anyone for months. Months had to go by. So, so here's, here's a, a heads up, moms and dads. If something happens to your child, something bad happens to your child, you're not going to know about it. You're going to have to figure it out. The video before it was seized by the administration, other people had seen the video. That's how this, this, um, this aunt of this, or rather this cousin of this girl found out about it and her mother found out about it. People were talking on social media about, an, about a horrific video showing a little girl being forced to perform oral sex on boys. And I, as, as the story makes it strongly indicate, it wasn't the first time. So, Parents had to find out via social media rumor mill and then not quite know exactly what happened. And, and the school administration was using that to their benefit, claiming that parents were, were not getting the story right. Well, the story is appalling, even if the details are a little bit slipshod in the beginning. And, and to, as far as we know, Duke, there has been no significant changes in the way this school operates discipline, in the way this school deals with sexual assault. We don't have anything that suggests this will never happen again. Yeah, one of the things that's really horrifying and to, to pull, back, pull out of what you said, so mom and dad, they already think that they are the parents, not you, when it comes to teaching little kids about sex. They have no qualms teaching five and six and seven and eight-year-olds really radical gender theory, sexuality, how to perform, so what they called so-called so safe sex. I would argue you can't be six years old and have any kind of safe sex. But here's my broader point, too. So if they're already the parents when it comes to teaching your kids about sex, then don't they, by logic, get to be the parents when it comes to your kids getting assaulted? Don't they yes. get to be the ones to do the investigation? They, the one to decide whether they're not going to talk to you about this, them at all? Uh, they will decide whether or not they go to the police. And one more, Vicky, before I turn it back over, you, to, back over to you. So explain to me how this could even be rape. You and I know it's rape, right? But this is not the rape of a six-year-old boy on a six-year-old girl. This is a rape by the school district. The school district sexualized those kids. The school district, that teacher, that classroom, sexualized the little girl and the little boy who performed the rape. They're responsible because you know as well as I do, six-year-olds can't consent to this kind of stuff on either no. side. And the fact that these kids had iPads, Vicky, iPads at six years old that they could use to film this and the little kid had the, the wherewithal to be able to do that is stunning. And finally, we have one report, Vicky, that says that the teacher during this, like you said, she must have been stoned, she was apparently wearing headphones and not paying any attention. To, what, why would you have headphones on in your classroom and not the, not the students, not teaching them with them, 
if you're just ignoring these kids. Well, that, there's your explanation, but she must have been pretty checked out because you have eyes, even if your ears are otherwise distracted. She was just not even interested then in that classroom. But to your point, these, these kids thought to film it. They thought to film it. So they knew there was something there that was that was filmable. I don't, you know, I mean, you don't just film a caterpillar walking by. You don't just film random kids walking in a hallway. They realized there was something different they were about proud what was of going it. on. They were they, proud they, and, of it. Yes. And where do they get the information? So there's investigation. Number one is a police investigation of all of the adults that permitted this abuse to take place and then subjected that poor little girl to having to to relive trauma sitting at the same table as the boys who forced her to perform oral sex at, again, age six. Let's everybody remember what six years old was like. If you happen to have six-year-olds, look over at them and think about what that had to entail for that girl. She likely is not going to shake that one off ever, ever. That is why child sexual abuse is so appalling. It's why we treat it as, a, as a, an insidious and horrific crime. It is why people, adults who abuse children who, who are sent to prison are, are treated exceptionally poorly by other inmates because we know intrinsically and intuitively that that is sick, it is evil, and it is wrong. But they're going to put that girl at the table over and over. And so, so number one, police investigation. Number two, where did these kids get the information uh, about oral sex at all? Was it in their, their you know, gender queer uh, lens that all of their education is going through? Was it lessons in the classroom? Was it book assignments? Was it cartoons? Was it videos? Or was it abuse? Was it, was it someone sending pornographic videos to little children? Was, is there a pedophile ring we should be investigating? But right now, the school is CYA. That's what the, the number one uh, in, most important thing that school is going to do is CYA. And that is why it is not issuing statements. That is why nobody has been put on leave. That is why nobody has been fired. That is why nobody has been walked out of that school in handcuffs. Because it's CYA. The lawyers get in, well, you know, this is pretty bad. But, uh, you know, I mean, that's all the, these, these right-wing, you know, MAGA Republican parents who are overreacting to all of this. You know, just don't say anything. We can lean on student privacy. You can almost hear the conversation. And, and I referenced this story from 2017 in California. If you actually read the article about it, I happen to have it on the Daily Beast. The author is saying, oh, this is a lot of hullabaloo. It's just a lot of hullabaloo. And, you know, you don't want to tell kids that it's really bad because it might it, it, it might alter their sexual development growing up. And wouldn't that be so much worse than having a child be forced to perform or receive uh, oral sex? Wouldn't that be so much worse? This is in 2017 where you had mainstream uh, liberal leaning writers already essentially shrugging their shoulders and saying, well, let's just wait and see if it caused any trauma for the kid. Is it really that bad? Sick. That is the culture we are in. We have slid off the train tracks 
everything is, you know, the, the train cars are dumped over. There's a toxic chemical spill and everybody's walking around like it's fine. And by extension, Vicky, let's just take that one step further. These national organizations like SICUS and some of these radical sexuality teaching programs, the LGBTQ itself, at the federal, state, local levels, you have responsible adults telling and educators telling children that there is no shame attached to sex, that sex is not anything more than just a bodily function. So why don't you, why don't we take that final step and, and tell this little girl that it's no, it's not rape. That is not rape. You, you the, the little boys who have been sexualized by the time they're six years old, they need a sexual outlet. You were that outlet. You should be proud. You should be proud they picked you. You should be proud that you were filmed. Who knows? Maybe in a few years when you're seven or eight, you can be a sexual pornographic influencer on TikTok and make lots of money. You could be the next Dylan Mulvaney on, the can, a, a, on a can of beer. Take this rape as simply sexual exper experimentation about with young boys who've been told that this is fine. If it's fine, then you, your job, just like with the gender in sports stuff, women, young women are being told, get over it, let men, naked men in your showers, get over it, let, let men identifying as women take all the trophies from your sports teams and you gotta just take it and you better applaud it. Why can't you apply that same ridiculous immoral logic to rape? Hey, these are boys, they've been sexualized, they have needs. Maybe they're girls. You, yeah, and maybe they're girls. Your job is to facilitate their pleasure. And it, look, why don't you take a little pleasure in this yourself, you little prude? Uh, this is the logical outcome of this kind of crap. Oh, I, I don't disagree. Let me read um, again from this tw 2017 story from what this writer wrote. One has to wonder how all of this hullabaloo will affect kids in the long run. We all know that childhood scars run deep, but it's hard to say whether these kids will have an unhealthy attitude towards sexuality later in their life. Adults feel sympathetically that this is a huge issue for kids, but they not that may not be the case. The best thing to do is just watch for distress signals, and if they pop up, address them with a professional. But if parents make a big deal out of this issue mind you this is an author writing about sexual assault of four and five year olds on each other but if parents make a big deal of this issue it could cause the child to feel shame and embarrassment and let's face it that scenario is a lot uglier than a group of preschoolers experimenting with each other yeah vicky We've seen what's that's a quote from an article yeah. on a very similar situation in 2017. We've seen you and I talk about a lot how the left wins the culture wars because they change the definition of words. Racism, of course, now isn't hating somebody from their skin color. It's anything the progressive the, the, the progressive don't like, right? Microaggressions. The, how many years you want to wager? How many years before we see in a uh, may in a major dictionary the word rape and a euphemism for that is hullabaloo rape? Quote, right? <laughs> I right. hope not. Hullabaloo. By the way, uh, look for the locusts. If you see the yep. word hullabaloo as a synonym for rape, then look up for the locusts. Well, because they're, they're already here. Six years ago in California, that's exactly what that uh, that journalist did. Rape yes. is hullabaloo. Sexual experimentation. Unbelievable. Still to come, a new study finds an alarming number of young Canadians think that the poor and mentally ill should be eligible for voluntary extermination by the state simply because they're poor. We'll talk about that in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by Freedom Project Academy. Take back your kids' education. 
FPA's fully accredited classical curriculum provides live, on-demand, and homeschool courses built on Judeo-Christian values. Request your information packet and save 10% on tuition by visiting freedomforschool.com. That's freedom, F-O-R, school.com. We are back with Vicki McKenna, and we just finished a really important story about little kids. We're talking first graders performing, performing oral sex on each other with the teacher not apparently being able to even aware it was happening and then trying to cover it up. So take a look at that if you don't have a chance to see the whole program here. Uh, and then we move cruise right seamlessly into our next story, which is post-Christian social ethics in the public schools all across the world, but particularly Western cultures and Canada and the United States. In Canada, we have an alarming number of young Canadians who think that the poor and mentally ill should be eligible for voluntary extermination by the state. Yes, you heard that right. Let me read you from the Surrey. A new survey from the Vancouver-based market research outfit Research Company found that 73% of Canadians, little kids, support the current euthanasia regime in Canada, whereby adults and irremediable me medical conditions can be consented to be put down by the state. However, a significant cohort, cohort of younger kids kids responded that they are keen about radically expanding this program to, uh, uh, to get rid of basically the poor and the homeless. Let the government get rid of them because, you know, they don't have money and they don't have homes. Well, they really thought maybe their quality of life is so bad we shouldn't let them live. This is children now being, this is what happens when you indoctrinate kids this way. Well, these are, this is um, moral guide rails that don't exist. They don't exist. There is no, there is no, uh, you know, truth that you can point to, moral truth that you can point to any longer in Canada because truth has become so relative that it is almost meaningless. But the first group of people, these young folks aged 18 to 34, would like to see eliminated via euthanasia are disabled people. And Canada has already told disabled people, uh, in fact, you can look up this story, Wesley J. Smith actually did a story on this of a Canadian veteran who needed a lift to get her up her stairs. She had a two-story house. She was, uh, she was traumatically disabled uh, and she could not walk, so she had to sort of drag herself up the stairs. She wanted a lift. She wanted one of those chairs that would go up the stairs. Instead of the state paying for that lift, they denied her and they said, but they would pay for voluntary euthanasia. They would pay for her to have herself killed. So we, we won't pay for your lift, but we will pay for your euthanasia. So that 60% of young people think that disabled people ought to be offed, that they're not worth supporting with tax money from the state or assisting with tax money from the state. 60% said that they should be offed. An alarming 41% said people who are poor should not be offered assistance, but instead offered the ability of voluntary euthanasia. Incidentally, if you decline, you're in, this, in Canada, in many cases, you d does not mean you get to have option B of getting assistance. It means you get nothing. So that, this is where they are. Uh, homeless people, uh, you have 28% of, of young people think homeless people should be euthanized. 43% think mentally ill people should be euthanized. And it goes on like this. This is, 
for it, it, it doesn't happen instantly. It happens over generations of the substitution of Judeo-Christian ethics with a utilitarian worldview that says some people are worth more than others. Some people do not deserve to be supported by the state. Anybody who is a drag on society or essentially interrupts what is the progression of society ought to be uh, somebody who is, at the very least, we should marginalize them, if not, as we see in Canada, outright eliminate them. Yep, this is a Mario Canseco, a president of research company who helped do the survey. It indicated that on a basis of a poll conducted from April 22nd to the 24th of this year of one of 1,000 adults. Now, this is adults, right? Here are the numbers. 43% said mental illness is a good enough reason for a Canadian over the age of 18 to seek suicide. 20% said state-assisted suicide should always be allowed anywhere. 24% said parents who help off their terminally ill son or daughter should receive no penalty whatsoever. 50% said they would support the volunteered extermination of persons with disabilities. Uh, and 28% said they would agree to allow adults to receive state-assisted su state suicide due to poverty. And finally, 27% said they would agree to follow adults to receive state-assisted suicide due to homelessness. Now, when you go to the previous one, Mike, with the 60%, take a look at this. The younger kids, younger kids, 60%, higher than almost any other category of adults, of respondents from the age group from 18 to 34, a group that said that a person with a disability should be able to request a state administered suicide. So you won't pay to feed these kids or, to, or these people right. or to home, house them, but you'll pay to kill them. And the kids, the younger generations believe this is perfectly okay. By way of comparison, only 46% of respondents in the 35 to 54 and the age group and 44% of those over 55. So what we see here, Vicki, is generational. Just two generations of this crazy, amoral, off the rails, as you said, lack of Judeo-Christian values, any values, except scientific utilitarianism, how quickly the world is changing. And you and I both know, the younger generations that a majority of them think this is going to happen, when they're in power, when they're the next Justin Sox Trudeau, this won't be assistance. How soon before this becomes mandated? Yeah, it's already, I mean, as, I, as I was trying to explain, it's, there's already a compulsion. Um, no, you can't have uh, you know, a, a, a taxpayer finance piece of equ equipment that can assist you. No, we will not give that to you. Yes, we will let you kill yourself. We will we will pay for you to kill yourself. Um, that is already something that has been going on just in Canada, but across the West, in the Netherlands in particular, you're seeing it also happen in in uh, in the UK. Um, and it's it's a matter of time before this seeps into the United States, where it, in fact it already is here, but currently seems to be confined to the state of Oregon, um, where they'll pay for your suicide pill, but not your cancer treatment if you happen to be a Medicaid patient. But I, I'm not going to let the older generations off the hook. 44% said it ought to be okay, essentially, to encourage the voluntary, voluntary uh, suicide, uh, the assisted suicide of disabled people. I mean, uh, those are that's a generation that should have had some kind of link to to a value system, a Judeo-Christian value system that says protect the weak. Now, when you don't have any way to explain why you should protect the weak and utilitarianism says don't protect the weak, the weak are a drag. Get rid of the weak. 
off the week. This is social Darwinism, right? Get rid of the week. If you don't have a value system that is predicated upon not just um, a, a, you know, a, a, an ethic to help the week, but an obligation. As Christians, we have an obligation to help weak people. You get rid of that as an undercurrent of your of your your social ethics and your government ethics, and you end up getting this. And you're exactly right. In a generation from now, it will be compelled. There will be compulsion that will be that will be pushing behind this quote voluntary extinction movement in Canada. There will be compulsion. Um, in fact, I, I'm I'm imagining if we look hard enough, we'll probably find evidence evidence of it now. You may remember as we cl- I'm going to close out the segment, but remember a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago, there was a a homeless Canadian man who said, "I can't live. I can't find a place to live cheaply, so I want to die." And that gave the camp Canadian government a little bit of embarrassment, right? It's a lot of people nationally and internationally were complaining about this, and they ultimately backed down a little bit, the government of Canada. Just two years down the road today, now you've got majorities of young Canadians saying, oh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. You know, we, we're not going to pay for your housing, so we'll, let, we'll, pay, we'll pay for you to die. What was a, a chance by this, this homeless guy to shame his own government now will be a recommendation from that government and that's going to wrap up you're 100 percent right yes ma'am yeah, we're going to you're 100 percent right we're going to wrap up this show now and if you have any questions comments or want to support the show simply visit drdukeshow.com for all of us at the dr duke and for the great vicky mckenna thanks and we will see you next time 